Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Everybody turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 1. We're in session 9, and I told you that I would do this until the Lord was done with it. And uh, we're in session nine. We've been uh, starting in Romans eight, and we went back to Romans five, Romans six, Romans seven, and then last Sunday we briefly went into Ephesians one. What a great time we had last Sunday in baptizing these young people. Amen. Hey, I see y'all back there. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you, kids. That was a mighty blessing to all of our, uh, for all of us to witness. Father, we commit your word to you. We thank you that you inspired it, you protected it. It is your word. We thank you that it is the words that you speak that contain your life. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us spirit to spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about the, the benefits and the status of those who are in Christ. So I'm not going to go back and do um, eight hours of review, but let's go back here to chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. We briefly looked at this last week. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know you can bless God? We're always praying that God will bless us. Do you know that you can bless God? Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. How do you do that? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord with your praise and thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Psalm 103. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, and satisfies your life with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Bless the Lord. So we have the capacity to bless the Lord, and we give you blessing and honor and praise. Do you know... um, Let's go on, and then I want to back up a minute. Who has blessed us? Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Are you in Christ? Then every blessing that is in Christ belongs to you. The word bless, or its derivative, blessing, blessed, is used over 600 times in the Bible. Now, if you were sending a letter, a document, a contract to somebody and you used the same word over 600 times, wouldn't you want them to get it? Wouldn't you be trying to say something? That word or its derivative over 600 times in the Bible and out of the... Out of the Hebrew, it is the Hebrew word 
Barak. Barak. And you know, it comes from right there in uh, Genesis, the very, right at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1.28, the Bible says that after God created man and woman, that he blessed them. First thing God did after creation is speak a blessing. You know, maybe you ought to start blessing those you love. And that word, it's derivative. The derivative of that word, Rock, it means to bow. It means to adore. Do you get that picture? When God created man and woman in his own image and likeness, he did a bow. You know what he was you know what the scripture's saying there? God was saying to them, I adore you. God give us a revelation of that. God looked at the man and woman he created, and he was and he blessed them. Scripture is telling us. In the original language, I adore you. Did you know your father's not mad at you today? He adores you. To kneel, to bow, to adore. The word bless, blessing. So we should return that to the Lord in adoring him. We've become so trivial and trite in our expressions of adoration and praise. May we not ever get past adoration to our Lord. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Last week, we mentioned that one of those spiritual blessings, the main one is unconditional love. The Bible says that the love of God has been poured out in our heart, the heart of believers, by the Holy Spirit. We saw in in John chapter 17 that Jesus prayed for not only his disciples then, but all of us now. And he said, Father, I pray that the love with which you have vested in me may be in them. Did you understand that? Jesus was praying that we would understand and walk in the same love that the Father has for the Son. The same way that God loved Jesus and loves Jesus is the love Jesus is praying for us that we would begin to understand is in us. How could the Father not love you completely if you are in Christ the Son? And the Bible clearly says for those of us who have received Him as our Lord and Savior that we are in Christ. We've been placed into Christ by the Spirit of God. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Did you know that before you were ever born, God saw you and He loved you? And He chose you to be a part of His family. Did you know that this says that before the foundation of the world... God chose you to be in Christ. And you know what that means? God saw every choice you were ever going to make, and he chose you anyway. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? 
Thank you for the grace of God. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless without blame before him in love. Is Jesus holy and blameless? Are you in Jesus? Then how does God see you? If he sees you in Christ, how does God see you now in Christ? Holy and blameless. Before him, in love, in that unconditional, unrelenting love of God, having predestined us to adoption as sons. Why adoption? Because we were born sons and daughters of Adam, we had to be reborn as sons and daughters of the Lord. If you're not born again, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven, God says. My spiritual DNA and your spiritual DNA before we came to the saving knowledge of Jesus was that of Adam. And it was not good. We had to be reborn so that the last Adam, the Lord Jesus, his spiritual DNA was placed in us by his very spirit. Thank you, God having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself. That word for sons there doesn't mean just the male uh, gender. It is sons and it, it is mankind. It is those in Jesus. Well, what does it mean to be predestined? You see, some people have gotten um, out of balance here and out of order and... Um, they just believe that if it happens, that's the way God planned it, and that's the way he wanted it. Um, pre don't make this something that's not. A predestination is a preset destination. God saw you before you were born. He loved you. He chose you, and he set a preset destination for you to be, be in Christ, his son. But this preset destiny, look, you got in your vehicle today and you had a preset destination to come to uh, 200 Missionary Ridge, 35242. Yeah, you set, there was a destination that was preset when you started. Um, I want you to imagine with me for just a minute that your life in the Lord, I want you to, to imagine that it is a long, beautiful, free-flowing freeway that is leading to the ultimate conclusion of your, you being transformed into the very image and likeness of Jesus. Right? On a highway. You heard the old... Uh, TV show Highway to Heaven well, we're on the way but I wonder if some of you are like me on your journey on that road to being transformed in the image and likeness of Jesus and, and knowing and doing his will I wonder if some of you are like me and you got off on an exit just to see what some stuff looked like out there off the main road. Is anybody besides me done that? Well, the three of us. It's, uh, if you've ever gotten off the main road and 
just made up your mind, well, I'm going to do this. I know a better way than this. You, you, we've all ridden with people who said, oh, we don't have to go that way. We can, we can take a shortcut. We can do that. When I was a young man, I was called at 14. To get, I knew the Lord wanted me in ministry, and I surrendered to that call. And God had had a wonderful man over me in the Lord. You know, First Thessalonians 5 says, honor those, who are, honor those who are over you in the Lord. Not a dictator, but somebody that God has placed there to give you spiritual guidance and protection and wisdom and counsel and love and affirmation. And How many of you know that uh, when you don't listen to your spiritual counsel, your spiritual covering, or don't even want to, you can get off that road and wander around and not even know how you got lost. This man that God had placed in my life, pastor, he kept telling me over and over, he said, now, uh, when you go uh, to college, don't major in religion. He said, get you a marketable degree. Um, get you a marketable degree like, degree like education so that you could teach in schools. Um, well, I just thought that was out of line uh, with what the Lord had called me to do and what I wanted to do. So I took the exit off the road. Has anybody ever taken that exit off the road? I've got to ask this again now because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just bearing it all now. So I took the uh, exit off the road. Now I've got me a degree in religion and philosophy, which is worthless. It doesn't do me one bit of good any day of my life. Oh, but I was not. Oh, I was, I was going to obey the Lord. And I didn't see that God had placed somebody over me in the Lord who wouldn't listen to it. We learn. Uh, oh, uh, so let me finish that. So many years later, I was sitting in a church office uh, on the staff of a church. I've served five churches. And it was like the Lord was speaking to me, and, man, I was just miserable. And I was like, what am I doing here? And the Lord began to show me, so you're sitting here in this church office waiting on somebody to come for you to minister to, and I've told you, I want you to get out there where they are instead of sitting in here hoping they'd come to where you are. So guess what? In my mid to late 20s, guess who had to go back to school and get a degree in education and a teacher certificate and get out there and begin to coach and minister and work and teach people in public schools and Guess what a lot of the religious culture thought about me when I did that? 
he just walked away from his calling. What they don't realize is I took an exit off God's highway several years before that. So, um, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that <clears throat> I wandered around out there, got miserable, uh, shared my misery with Dina. Thank God, that woman has stuck with me for all these, oh, Jesus, help me, 51 years. <sighs> Love you, sweetie, you're the best. Uh, so, wandering around out there in those years, but guess what happened? When I humbled myself and I said to the Lord, regardless of the way this looks, regardless of who thinks what, family, friends, and I'm going to obey you. I submit to you, Lord. Guess what? I was way out there on a path, way away from the highway, Joe. I didn't even know where I was. But my father never took his eye off of me. And when I humbled myself, Buzz, and I asked the Lord to forgive me and direct me, he got right back on board. And guess what? There was a bunch of dirt roads and everything around out there, a bunch of them. And boy, there were some, some uh, rough spots but how many of you know if you'll humble yourself and just ask your father to be the Lord of where you are, I want to tell you something. Are you listening to me? God has never given up on you. God has never given up on you. Did you know that? You may be off the main highway and wandering around on a little dirt trail. But God has never given up on you. He knows right where you are. He hasn't lost you. And what He wants you to do is humble yourself and admit where you are and cry out to Him for His Lordship, for Him to make it clear. He hasn't lost where you are. Not giving up on your best days are ahead. And that's not some happy talk. I'm telling you that out of the Spirit of the Lord. Whatever it is, God hadn't given up on you. Well, so, Pastor, are you saying that it was God's highest and best for me to not listen to my spiritual covering and to do this and do that. No. What I'm trying to tell you is this. God uses what He doesn't initiate. If you say and you believe that God ordained for me to get off the highway and wander around, that that's what He wanted to happen... Um, then you are beginning to sound like a fatalist instead of a sovereignist. 
There's a difference in fatalism and sovereignty. Sovereignty means that God even takes our inferior choices and works them together for good to accomplish His will and purpose. Doesn't mean we hear and get everything right. Doesn't mean that all of our choices were just the way He wanted it. Then you wouldn't have sin. Do you, are you beginning to understand this preset destination? Don't get over into some fatalistic thought. God is sovereign. He can take my mess and yours and still work it out. Hallelujah. To perfectly fulfill his purpose. But it's not because of our own rebellion and sin. It's because of his grace and love. His power. Amen. So God saw all my choices and all yours. And he still chose us in his love. Thank you, Father. And I got news for you. There's a story that's being developed while me and you are out there going down this road and that road and insisting that we know what we're doing. We know how to make this work instead of surrendering and humbling ourselves to the Lord. Amen. Notice in that verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus according to the good pleasure of his will. Why did, why did God do that for you? Why did He, why did he love, see you and love you and choose you and preset a destination for you to bring glory to Himself and your good? Why did He do that? The Bible says because He wanted to. <laughs> the good pleasure of His will. To the praise of the glory of His grace, His favor and His ability by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. I got news for you. You may go this place and that place and that other place and this and that and the other, and you may not feel perfectly accepted, but if you go in prayer to the throne of God, you are perfectly accepted in Jesus Christ. Because if you are in Christ, you are as accepted as the beloved, the Son of God. Thank you, Jesus. So you don't have to get there in the presence of God in prayer. And I hear people say, oh, I, I, could, I could never. God and I will hear my prayer because of my performance and my track record. Can I tell you something? God sees you in Christ and he accepts you on the basis, not of your performance, but of Jesus' performance. And his is not just good, it is perfect. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. The love of God, the spiritual blessing of the love of God, the grace of God, the choosing of God, the, the finding ability of our Father, of, of the Spirit of God and what He is, has done and is doing in our behalf. I love um, the great chapters of St. John and Chapters 13, primarily through 17 and 18. And uh, in 15, I, I'm sorry, in 14, Jesus said this in verse 26, The Helper, the Paracletos, the Counselor, the one called alongside you to help you, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things 
and bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Well, uh, I love it. Chapter 16, verse 13. However, when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all the truth. Do you, do you, are you praying for somebody that you love today? Pray that the Spirit of truth will bear witness in that person that you love. He will guide you into all the truth. He won't speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, whatever the Holy Spirit hears, he will speak and he, the Holy Spirit, will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. The Holy Spirit will bring glory to me, Jesus. For he will take what is mine, all the covenant benefits and the status of, that I have, he will take what is mine and he will disclose and declare it to you. And by the way, all things that the Father has are mine. Hallelujah. Incredible, incredible spiritual blessing. And we have bold access before the throne. We have his love, his grace. His mercy, His kindness, His ability, His ability to cause all things to work together for good, to find us when we've wandered off and get us back on the road in love. You say, well, Pastor, why does that, um, why, why does that take so long and so uh, difficult? Well, you know, sometimes I have to deal with my own mess longer than I want to. Because it helps me understand that apart from him, I am nothing and can do nothing. And sometimes the Lord doesn't clean up my mess right away. But I'll tell you this, he has never confused, never given up on us. And the Bible says, if you will humble yourself, if you will admit your total dependence on him, that you've gone down your own path, your own way, and off of his highest and best for you. He knows where you are. He will hear your prayer and he will guide you. He will guide you. He won't dictate or poof, just put you right back and nothing, you don't ever have to deal with it. No, he will guide you back into that road of perfect fellowship with him by his love and grace. Sometimes that hurts. Sometimes that is, and, and let me tell you this, sometimes you have to suffer for the sake of somebody else that you love, and that's not a fun thing. It hurts, it is desperately, it desperately hurts. But the Bible says that God has not only called us uh, into the love of God, he's also called us to suffer for his sake, that is for Jesus' sake. Uh, which means that we have an opportunity to grow in deeper intimacy with the Lord sometimes when He doesn't fix things right away or when He doesn't do the things that we wanted Him to do when, he, when we wanted Him to do it. We have an opportunity to have a more intimate walk with Jesus through the things that we're willing to suffer and we get to know the heart of God a little more through the things we're willing to suffer for His glory. And make no mistake about it, 
God will see us when we humble ourselves. And He will lift us up when we admit we're done. We, we, we've done nothing but make a mess, Father. Take over. And that's when the mercy and the grace of God does its greatest work. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads now in prayer. I know I won't see you. We won't have a, a service on the last Sunday of the month, but in two weeks from now, wonderful time. By the way, we're not having a Wednesday service this week. We're taking a break here at the end of March. We'll have our next Wednesday meeting, the first Wednesday of the month of April, 11 o'clock on Wednesday. If you hadn't tried it, come see us. It's been a blessing. So would you do something right now? Would you say to the Lord, right there in your own heart, Father, I've been kind of like my pastor. I've gotten off at some exits. And I'm kind of wandering around out here. And to be honest with you, Father, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm lost. If you'll cry out to him and admit that and ask for his help, he'll be blessed and honored by that. And you know, wherever you are, you may be out at the end of a dirt road or in the weeds. Can I tell you something? If you'll humble yourself, the Lord will send somebody your way. The Lord will send somebody your way to help you navigate that those weeds kind of, kind of like me God will send somebody that will help you it may be a friend it may be a family member maybe a, a minister a teacher a doctor but humble yourself admit your need admit you're lost and you can't fix this there's someone who loves you who has never given up on you just humble yourself and cry out to him he'll send somebody to help you hallelujah thank you father for your, glo your, your glorious mercy and grace because of your love for us give us greater revelation of it Lord and I personally thank you oh God For all the mercy and the grace that you've shown me, your servant. Thank you, you were always right there. Even when I was demanding to do things my way, thank you that you let me fail. Not because that's what you wanted to do, but because I insisted. But even when you let me fail, I thank you that you were always there when I cried out to you gave it up and gave it over thank you for your goodness church the Lord loves you your pastors love you we're grateful for you and you are covered in prayer 
every day by your spiritual leadership. Until we meet again in two weeks, go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you then. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.